Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, and welcome to the Milestone Pursuit Podcast. The podcast that brings you a variety of things. It brings you recovery rambles where I run easy around the beautiful Epping Forest and talk about something that's on my mind. It's the podcast that brings you workouts that you download and run along with as if I'm there with you. And it's the podcast that brings you conversations with the elites, the athletes that we help support, the underfunded British elite marathon runners and today on Wednesday the 6th of July that's what we've got we've got a conversation with not one but with two of the elite athletes that we invest a little bit in Josh and Natasha so Josh Griffiths and Natasha Cochran both of whom are competing internationally at championship events in the next few weeks so I thought it would be interesting in advance of their championship races to talk a little bit about the specifics of preparing for a championship marathon versus a big city marathon. Think about what's different and what's not different. And it's good because marathon running has been a little bit off the radar since the spring. But it's coming back fast. Championship marathons now. You've got the world championships which Josh is running in and Charlotte Perdue of course we've got the Commonwealth Games which Natasha is running in and the European Championships as well so three games all in the space of a few weeks and then it's not long until London and the Autumn Marathons in general Berlin at the end of September London beginning of October Chicago the following week New York in November a whole host of European city marathons like Amsterdam and Frankfurt and Florence before the season kind of wraps up in December with Valencia so loads to look forward to now the podcast has been a little bit quiet for the last few weeks a little bit downtime after the spring marathon season leading into this marathon season starting with these championships there's also been loads going on Lots of training has started for the spring, mar- uh, sorry, for the autumn marathons. So that's good. But this summer, I'd say so far in my life anyway, it's been ca- characterised by movement and by illness. The COVID has been back, it's darkened my door. Struggling a little bit myself personally, a little bit subpar not been able to put too much consistent training together in the last month or so nothing life threatening just not quite where I'd like to be but hopefully it'll come it usually does some way, somewhere somehow 
when I talk about movement, I talk about all sorts of stuff. So there's, it's been really good watching the kids getting out and do things. Bit of an update. So when I talk about movement, what I really mean is the world is returning to some kind of normality amid chaos. I'm really talking about the kids. Kids are back to doing stuff. My own kids are at cup finals, the East End Lions and the under nines that I coach. They won their cup final a few weeks ago. 3-2 in a ding-dong thriller culminating in a last-minute penalty which was slotted home, which was fun. So that was good. There's been lots of cricket as well. Involved in cricket, coaching at Loughton Cricket Club. Loads of kids doing that now. 60-odd kids doing the All-Stars programme. I'm on a little group of about 20 under nines. Complete beginners, some of them. Bit of a mixture. Loads of kids playing sport. And at the school, where my boys go to, last week they had sports week. They wore their PE kit every day. I'm just doing sport every day, culminating in sports day, which happened on Monday, which was good fun. And to complete the sports story and the activity story, I've been watching with interest as Sport Inspired, a national charity that I try and help a little bit, have been running festivals of sport, a little bit like sports days. We've been running them for kids in underprivileged areas in parts of London, getting the kids active. So it's been an active time, a busy time, loads going on. Anyway, enough of all that. Let's get into the main event, what we're here for. Let's talk to Josh and Natasha about the forthcoming international races so the next voice you'll hear is me in my spare bedroom with a little bit of echo which flattens out pretty quickly into the recording always good to have a bit of rusticness to the recording and then we'll hear from the two fine Welsh athletes Natasha and Josh hope you enjoy it We have Natasha and Josh with us today who uh, share a few things in common. Firstly, they're both racing championship races in the next few weeks at the World Championships and at the Commonwealth Games. Secondly, uh, they share being Welsh. And thirdly, they share uh, knowledge of each other. So they obviously you know one another a little bit. Can you start by just letting people know how you know each other? <laughs> I guess I'll go then. Go for it. Um... Yeah, so we started obviously both Welsh and back in Welsh school days or Welsh athletic days. So from under 17, maybe slightly earlier, we're on teams together. I know we went to Ireland together for a cross-country race and then been on teams since. Uh, Both ASICs athletes as well, so quite often both for ASICs events. Yeah, and I guess like... Even when we haven't been on the same teams, we've always done the same races, like throughout Wales and stuff. So, yeah, I guess we've been at the same events for a lot over the years. Yeah, yeah. we always bump into each other at Swansea. Yeah, you both you both ran the Swansea Half Marathon recently, didn't you? So I imagine you explained exchanged a few pleasantries then. Isn't that nice? 
bit of camaraderie between Welsh athletes. I think Josh just gets questioned by my partner. Oh, really? Interrogated. <laughs> he's just started running as well. So I think uh, he's like wanting to know all of Josh's secrets. Uh, everyone likes to know Josh's secrets, but he keeps, <laughs> keeps them close to his own chest, don't you, Josh? Yeah, yeah. Likes to keep himself to himself. So what I just wanted to talk about today was a little bit about the specific preparations required for championship racing. So as I said at the beginning, you've both been selected for the international events this summer. So Josh, is you're running the World Championships for Great Britain in Eugene and Oregon. And Natasha, you're representing Wales at the Commonwealth Games in a few weeks' time. So both those races are in July. The World Championship Marathon is on the 17th of July, Josh. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. And Natasha, you're the 30th, so a couple of weeks apart. So it's going to be an exciting time for for athletics generally, but obviously marathon, marathon running specifically for you guys. So just to unpick a little bit about what's different about championship racing than the standard kind of time-based efforts, London marathon racing, that kind of stuff. Can Josh, perhaps you can start because this is your third attempt at a championship race having run the World Championships in 2017 in London and the Commonwealth Games when they were last held in the Gold Coast. So what what things are you thinking about and what learnings have you taken from your championship races in the past as you go into this one? Yeah, they're very different. Like normally when you go into a marathon like Seville or London, Valencia, you're normally chasing you know a qualifying time or a PV or something like that. Whereas these races, the times are almost irrelevant, and you know you can see that in the design of the course. It's not necessary, you know, they don't look for the flattest route possible. They're held in the middle of the summer, which you know isn't conducive to running super fast times. You know, it's all just about finishing as high as you can. You know, only some people can can win, but you can still aim to, you know, come as high as you can. Like be the highest Welsh finisher in so many years in the Commonwealth Games you know, place as the highest Brit in recent years or whatever, you know, everyone's got their own personal goals, but there really is a difference um, from chasing times. It's much more about gauging your effort on course and conditions as well. Like, you know, the Gold Coast was a really flat coast, but temperatures rose to like above 30 degrees. So, you know, that had a huge impact on the way the race panned out and, Personally, I you know I got that wrong. I really misjudged it, and I suffered in that race. So, you know, I, but I did learn a lot from it as well. And having raced London in twenty seventeen, you know, the course again wasn't super fast. There was a few undulations and things like that, and again held in August. So, you know, it it really was a different kind of race and much more tactical. One that you know where it started where the lead group went through five k in sixteen minutes where. You know, in London Marathon, maybe two minutes down the road by that point. And then it kind of explodes into action. So, yeah, you just have to kind of judge yourself within a pack as well. Yes, the race itself is very, very different in the way it structures. And that is very typical. Do we know what the temperature is likely to be like in Eugene? I'm sure you've in Eugene, there. It, it can get like really hot in the afternoon up to 35. But because the race is at 6.30 in the morning, it's more likely to be, you know, between 15 and 20 degrees uh, throughout the race could could even rain you know it's not unheard of for them to have rain so yeah I mean it could could pretty much be anything you kind of just have to be prepared for any scenario and then whatever the race turns out to be you know what to do yeah and do you know much about the course 
Yeah, so the coast is not flat. It does undulate. I think there's uh, 500 and a bit feet of elevation throughout the 26 miles. So not easy. Not uh, No big hills, but just little rolls, you know, and quite a lot of them. There's three laps as well. So it's another thing to take into account, which is different to like a big city race. Yeah. And what about Birmingham, Natasha? Do you know, have you looked much at the course that you're running there? Yeah, it sounds very similar to the world's actually, like a bit undulating. Um, obviously, the weather in the UK can be whatever it will be on that day. Um, so, yeah, very similar to the world's. And it's laps as well. Yeah, I think it's one or two big laps and like a little add-on kind of thing. So not laps like the London laps, but yeah, laps. Yeah, because the London 2017, that was really, that was how many laps, Josh, in the end? Uh, I think it was four laps of the Right, okay. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. Um, but it was no. the tight corners though, wasn't it? There, you had to switch back to 180s. Yeah, there was quite a few switchbacks and there was a section of cobbles and yeah, it was a little bit, it was really good for spectators, but it wasn't like, you know, a fast course, but yeah, it doesn't need to be either. No, no exactly, because it's a race. It's yeah. about who comes first, second, third and from then on in, there on in. So, what, so with that in mind, what changes about your preparation? And start with training. So what change, What have you done differently in training this time that you would, wouldn't do if you were t- effectively time trialling? For me, like the, you know, there's two things you need to look at when you go into any marathon, really, is the course and the potential weather. So, you know, if you're training for London Marathon or Snowden Marathon, you'd expect your training to be different because the courses are so different. So for me, I know the course wasn't going to be flat, so I didn't do too many of my, well, I didn't do any long runs really on totally flat ground. Like sometimes I'll go down Swansea Bay and go back and forth, but that's just not really realistic for what I'm going to be facing in the race. So I've done much more climbing in my long runs this time, focused a lot more on strength, um, just aiming to be really strong in that second half when I know a lot of people will just suffer and, and blow up. You know, I don't expect to be super, you know, really high placed after 10K, but I'm hoping after 40K, you know, positions will have changed drastically. So, you know, that's, you know, I've focused a lot more on strength in this book. Maybe sacrificed a little bit of 10K speed, but it's not really relevant. They've just got to prioritise the big goal. And then, you know, whether because of the time of the race, I didn't feel like I needed to go away and put myself in really warm conditions because... I think it would be very unlikely for it to be 35 degrees at 6.30 in the morning. Um, so I just stayed here because it was the summer as well. You know, we don't have too bad weather really. But um, yeah, the main thing was just to kind of get adjusted to the course. So I've done lots of my tempos and fartleks and stuff like that on a course which undulates. It's just around an industrial estate, but it does go up and down a bit. So like on uh, a few days ago, actually, I did a, session two by six miles and covered i think about 400 or four, 500 feet of climbing within uh, uh 12 miles total so kind of just trying to replicate you know the varied pacing throughout each mile as well yeah and working on ups and downs as well uh, you know as the flat bit so it's obviously the downs are also significant and have an impact 
Yeah, definitely. And that's one thing that's really, you know, evident on my long runs. They are pretty hilly, like most of them over 2,000 feet of climbing. So, you know, you've got to go up and down there. And, you know, can you still go up the hills at the same speed after, you know, 25 miles or something like that? So, obviously, I'm not hitting marathon pace in there. It's just about strength because they're in the middle of, you know, big weeks as well. Yeah, sure. And Natasha, have you adopted the same approach? Yeah, very similar. So I've even done some of my like threshold kind of workouts on a undulating route, which at first it proved really difficult, especially being in Norfolk because mm-hmm. it's, it's dead flat, flat here. So yeah. we went on a venture, went for a drive to find some hilly routes, which luckily we were able to do. Otherwise, I had a, I had a vision that I was going to be moving back in with my parents back in Wales. But mm. fortunately, we found a hilly route. So yeah, very similar to Josh. Been doing the longer runs on hilly routes and obviously even the tempos and thresholds. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what impact they have in the long run, won't it? Because there is obviously that strength building element that Josh speaks of. It's not necessarily about speed, but it's about building a little bit of strength throughout the the chain, really. That will probably help in your longer run, in your both in your marathon running careers, won't it? Yeah, I definitely feel a difference already as well, just from... I think it's been about 16 weeks that we've been working in this way. I definitely feel stronger. So hopefully it helps going forward as well. Yeah. And as Josh says, it it is important to have strength going into a championship race because you, it it is very common for people to go off too fast because they're they're misjudging the conditions, misjudging their own capability, depending on the conditions uh, and get carried away with the event and the race and all those types of things. And, but then to fall off and for people to be able to pick up pace places as you go through the race. I remember Charlotte Perger did that really effectively in 2017. I think she came 13th in the Worlds, but came back at everybody from quite deep in the field as everybody else started to suffer and she got stronger. And it's just, an, I think, a really effective way of running any race, but particularly a championship marathon. Yeah, definitely. It's something I always aim to do because, you know, strength is kind of, my strength rather than speed I don't come from a track background or anything like that so you know I try to just be really strong in the last 10k and often in most races I'll have moved up a significant amount of places in the last 10k of the race but it's even more important in this kind of event where like you say lots of people go out too hard because it's like you know it's, you either go for it and there's nothing to lose almost doesn't matter if you come 80th or 50th in some people's view because the time is irrelevant anyway so they'll just go for it and hope it's their day but yeah you know when the course is tough and the conditions are possibly tough too those people just suffer like I did in the gold course so you just got to kind of learn from those and yeah prepare best you can yeah and something we've learned about you anyway is how consistent you are how controlled you are how you may manage to manage yourself really effectively through all of your training over a longer period of time. It's why you never miss a marathon season. You're, you're rarely, well, you're rarely injured. Nothing really um, drastic happens during races apart from the Gold Coast, which you say, which didn't go to plan. But aside from that, all your performances have been really strong. So as a championship runner, you've got lots of potential to be, to, to do exactly that, run a controlled race and then come through later and, and finish in a relatively strong position. Um, but Natasha, you're, you're somewhat different as an athlete, right? So you're, the way I see it anyway, is, um, and the way I see you as an athlete is, we've talked about this before, you're very brave and you like to race and you put yourself out there and you go for it, which has a different impact in a championship race. So have you given some thought to how, what your approach is likely to be 
without sharing any state secrets, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I think, again, it's similar to Josh. And I mean, when I look back to London during COVID on that lap course, like I went into that race knowing that times were irrelevant, that the weather was awful. I went in with the injury. So I knew that it wasn't going to be a fast race. So if anything, that's kind of a good comparison to a championship race. Whilst it wasn't a championship, I see it as a good comparison. And then the same with LA, which was four weeks after London, I think it was last year. Like, again, I was four weeks off of London, so I knew it wasn't going to be a fast time, but it's kind of like a championship race. I just wanted to go there and race and get a good position and obviously came away with a win. So I think that's given me a lot of confidence to know that I can race in a championship kind of Mm. way. Yeah, which absolutely should give you confidence and give you something to be optimistic about as you go into the race, albeit the field is going to be relatively strong because of the presence of East Africans, right? Yeah, so you've got all the Kenyans, Ethiopians, and Australia have also got a really strong team as well. Mm. They've got three girls, or I think all three of them are sub-226. So, yeah, very strong field. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, well, it might then it might drag you around to a fast time as well. Who knows? Yeah, ho- hopefully, but hopefully the medal will be the priority. Yeah, that'd be amazing. And it's the the team events at either of these two championships, there isn't, is there? No, there's no, no. Um, marathon uh, team event, but there is like an overall team event in the world. Just for the top three countries with the most amount of medals at the end. But right. yeah. Yeah, same with the Commonwealth. So I guess it's kind of like the Olympics country with the most medals across all the sports. And then obviously Welsh athletics would be more focused on medals within athletics. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And that's the other difference between this these races that you're taking on and big city marathons, because big city marathons are about you and you manage yourself and you get yourself there and do all that stuff all by yourself with a bit of support but this these are you're running in a team right so you're going with a or not necessarily in the race itself but you're part of a a team structure does that change much for either of you I think for me it's going to be very different because we're going into the holding camp a week before the race I think that's going to be kind of strange to me just having a week of not doing anything like full concentration on that race so no other distractions I don't know if that's going to be a good or a bad thing so I don't know if like with the extra recovery and things like that it's going to benefit me or whether without any other distractions I might actually find it hard so that would be a new experience. Mm. Josh did you have a holding camp you must have done in when you went to Australia? Yeah that was actually a really long holding camp because the of the time difference of the flight and the such changing weather, like because of the time of year, we actually went from like zero degrees to 30 degrees mm, yeah. like in a day. So it did and take quite lag. a lot to get used to. Yeah. So that was long. Um, this time I'm going out uh, pretty much 13 days, I think, before the race. Again, mostly for the flight because it's an eight hour time difference, like 11 hour flight. So it does take a little bit of adjusting. Um, but yeah, you know, for me, I think going into that holding camp environment, it just makes things easier, really. Like at home, I don't have a master's therapist, so to have one pretty much on call there is just great. Somebody cooks your food, that just makes it easier for you as well. But I think you've got to just 
try and do what you normally do day to day as well. Like I'm taking my laptop and I'll be working out there for the first week and then maybe have a few days off before the race, like I do before any other race. Like you don't just want to change everything going into a championship race because you wouldn't do it for any other race. So, you know, the more things you change, sometimes the different you feel, you could feel bored or, you know, sometimes there's not so much to do apart from training. And if you're tapering, then you're not even doing so much of that. So, uh, yeah, I think it's good to keep your mind occupied as well. Great. So I was going to ask you, what, what advice would you give Natasha about the holding camp experience? So it is just to try and treat it as normally as you possibly can. I think so. Yeah. You know, everyone's got their own different things. There's different athletes, different sports, even with Commonwealth Games, there's loads of stuff going on in the village. But, you know, from my experiences, the best thing you can do is just do what you normally do. You know, if you normally have a massage before the race, have a massage, but don't have seven just because there's a therapist there, you know. It's obvious stuff. Natasha knows all of that. But I think it's a really nice environment to be in and it kind of gets you really pumped for the champs as well. Yeah. And Natasha, is there anything you'd like to ask Josh about the holding camp while while you've got him? No, I don't think so. I mean, I've, I guess like Josh said, most of it's just common sense. I mean, it's basically like we go out to a, any race a day or so before. It's just going to be a prolonged version of that, I guess. Mm. Where is the pre-Birmingham holding camp for Welsh athletics? Uh, it's in Cardiff. <laughs> okay, cool. So it's, <laughs> it's not it's, too far from home. <laughs> no, and exactly. And that, that familiarity will actually help, won't it? Because you know the area, you know the space, you know, everything's going to be very normal. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it'd be fine. I think if anything, it's probably good for me because I would struggle with getting enough rest and getting enough sleep. So at least it'll force me to do that. It'll give me that opportunity to actually catch up on it that I've been missing out on the last few weeks. Yeah. So that vital preparation of sleep. Yeah. So I can prioritize that when it matters the most. Yeah. Perfect. And Josh, you fly this weekend, right? So you're heading out there immediately. And is it you're going straight into Oregon? Yeah, so straight to London to Portland and then between uh, Portland and Eugene, there's a small place called Corvallis, which is where the holding camp is. It's just like an hour outside of Eugene, I think. So, yeah, similar to Natasha, not too far away. Um, And it's nice then because you get to be in the same sort of weather conditions, same time zone, everything like that. So, you know, it's just like almost racing from home by the time you go to the race. You know, it's just like... There's no big change, you know, if you were to fly from the UK to the Eugene three days before the race, it would be very difficult to adjust in time, Yeah. not just to any sort of weather, but the travel more than anything. So, um, yeah. yeah. Is the whole of the team going now or are some people coming later? Uh, yeah, I think there's like three or four travel dates. Uh, everyone goes within a few days of each other. It just depends when the competition is. I think. Yeah, because obviously some sprinters, for example, they're still racing, aren't they? Yeah, um, I think everyone needs to be out there at least a week before. I think yeah. that was the aim because um, it's in their own interest anyway. But uh, yeah, I think everyone's got their own kind of individualized plan if they wanted to do something a bit different. Yeah. And now the other thing that's different about a championship race versus big city marathon is that you're you're not just representing yourselves, are you? You're representing your country or your team. And I just wanted to unpick that a little bit. So, what impact do you think? having, in your case, the GB vest on, Josh, and in your case, the Welsh vest on, Natasha, what impact does that have on your preparation? 
I don't think it impacts anything in terms of preparation wise, but I think there's definitely a greater pride on the day when you're representing more than just yourself. Like you obviously got your whole team that you represent every time, like your family, your friends, coach, like your immediate support. But then when it's your country as well, it's that extra pride. So I think on the day it adds up, like, I guess from a mental side of it, you just want to do everyone proud. So perhaps pushes you that little bit harder. Mm. Mm. In training as well. Do you think about it when you're out on the out on the roads of Norfolk doing a 22 mile run with blocks of marathon pace in them as you were this morning? Do you think about you know the fact that in a few weeks' time you're going to be wearing the Welsh vest and you need to push on through? Yeah, definitely. I think especially as it's a home game, well, not home, but it's mm. in the UK, so the support is going to be probably greater than most races, which is definitely encouraging and makes me want to push myself even harder. So yeah, and workouts and obviously on race day. About you, Josh, what do you think about that? Yeah, like I'm a little bit different. I don't think too far ahead. Um, like I know it's obviously coming up, but I just like to stay like one week at a time or one session at a time. And, you know, I've built up for a lot of marathons now, so everyone's a little bit the same, a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I don't like to you know, think too far in advance because you never know what can happen, especially these days. But um yeah, I think when you actually get there and for Natasha running in the UK, it's just going to be crazy. Like, I think the main difference is on the course itself. You know, you run London Marathon, for example, and you pass thousands and thousands of people, but there's probably like 10 or 20 people shouting for you. And then you race a championship marathon and you see all these British flags and you're like, there's only two of us or three of us in the race. These are for me. Mm. So it's pretty crazy the noise is just insane and yeah she'll have an amazing experience for sure so even though you're very composed and controlled and keep your emotions in check does it does it affect your emotions uh no i try not to like <laughs> Think nothing like, gets into josh's emotions anyway pe- people come and watch me and you know they shout and they like did you see me and i you know I didn't <laughs> you're just in the um, zone the josh zone yeah I think, you know, when you're racing, you don't take too much in the what's around. Um, but, yeah, it's it's an amazing experience. And not just your own race, but the whole kind of championship or games atmosphere. It's it's like a proper buzz and you're almost in like a little bubble. It's, it's really mm. cool. And and it, it's like the you're one piece of something bigger, but you're an important piece of that thing that's bigger. Whereas a big city marathon, it's just you against the course obviously there's you're competing with other people you fly in fly out but this is different right you're part of something yeah it's it's really quite special like you know you are still racing for yourself and it's only you that can affect your own performance really but at the same time you know you're in the village with you know maybe Usain Bolt or the team come back with medals and you know other people go to finals and you might watch them as a team on their screen you know the night before or something so yeah, it's a really cool uh, atmosphere and I think it really motivates you as well when you see, you know, once like day one starts, it really gets you going. As as Josh is saying all that, Natasha, how are you feeling? I mean, it doesn't really change things. I've seen it all on TV as well. So, I mean, I know what to expect. So, yeah, <laughs> another another race at the end of the day, but a special one. 
Yeah. So you're keeping yourself measured and controlled. Don't want to let the emotions get too far ahead of you before running a marathon. And that's an important thing, really, because obviously the whole experience can be intense, I I guess, and it can probably get to people. But when you're running a marathon, you don't need stress. You don't need pressure in the lead up to the race. You need the calm, low heart rate, keep everything in check and not to get too emotional. I talk about that with people just running the London marathon, you know, and they you know, it's a big deal to lots of people. Completing a marathon is a big event and they can sometimes do themselves a disservice by getting too emotionally um, overwhelmed, I guess, early on or at the beginning or even before the race starts. And it's important that you don't allow that to happen because it, it if you want to perform at your highest level, because it's tiring. You know, being emotionally tired will impact upon performance. Yeah, and I think that's one of the really good things about like a holding camp as well is that you've got all these people around helping you and they kind of take lots of the stresses out of things for you. Like you don't have to worry about travel. You don't have to worry about cooking your food or, you know, trying to sort book in with a massage therapist three days before the race or anything like that. Like everything is just taken care of for you. So even though you still have to run the race, there are so many people there who are purely there just to help you really um, be able to perform on the day. So, yeah, it is, it's a really helpful place to be before the race, for sure. Exciting times. Now, is there anything that I haven't asked you that comes to your minds about championship racing and why it's different that you could share or share with one another or share with people? I don't think so. Like, I think for me, like, I was more interested to see who was actually in the race. But at the end of the day, like any other race, it doesn't matter who's in it because you're the one that's performing. Not You can't control other people. You can only control your own performance. So whilst, yes, it does matter who's in it a little bit more than champ, than other races, you can't control what other people do. So really mm. the focus is just on you. Yeah, and also you, you don't know what shape they're in, do you? I mean, it's many times we've seen championship races with really strong fields and they end up dropping out the day before or they end up pulling out halfway through the race because obviously the, the requirements for running the race are very different. No one's getting a paycheck at the end of it if they complete it, um, not immediately anyway, not directly. So the motivations are different too. So if you're slightly out of shape and you, the race isn't going well, you just stop. So you never, and you, you just don't know that. And it's the same with true of any level of any racing. You can't control the environment around you, the, the people who you're racing with. All you can do is control yourself and your own performance and your own preparation. Yeah. And I think, you know, from experience, one of the, the biggest differences might be just how slow it could potentially start. You know, you mm. might be in a field where there's like a few guys who've run 205, or, you know, for Natasha, the women who run 220, but you're going, running with them through 5K, 10K, you know, because maybe the weather, the course, is just a bit cagey. Normally, you know, there's always a pacemaker. It doesn't matter if you're not even leading, you know. I'll go into London and I know there's a pacer going through in 65, so I'll go with him. But then, and the leaders, they'll go with the pacer that's going through in 61, but there is no pacer, so a lot of people are really reluctant to lead. Mm. So often it ends up being just an enormous group. You know, I think in London, there was probably the whole field were together, but what a hundred people going through 5k and you can imagine the chaos of the drinks table. <laughs> yeah. hundred people yeah. trying to get a bottle of water. So, um, 
yeah, you know, it can be really cagey and then it can just explode into life at any moment, really, when someone loses patience. So I think that's another another difference, really, is just the pacing of it. It's in a, um, in a paced race, it's always even. Like in Seville, my splits were pretty much even throughout, whereas I know here, especially with the course, you could be running a 450 to a 520 to yeah. a 455 then a 530 yeah. you know it could be all over the place I think that's really interesting because you look back at the Boston Marathon obviously just gone in April and Charlotte's experience of that was it was a really slow start no no paces and it's not a fast course so it's the same sort of situation and they went through 5k in 1640 I think so really slow and then they just suddenly kicked in a, a sub five minute mile and it just ripped the field apart because nobody yeah. could, or not everybody could keep with it, or some tried to, and, and it just killed the race for so many people. And that's the sort of thing that can happen in a championship race. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I I don't necessarily think you have to have run a championship before to be experienced at championship racing. You know, lo- loads of races don't have paces and things like that, you know. So, you know, we've both been in a position where we're at the front of a field and kind of have to control what, kind of pace or moves you want to make we've both been in a position where we're a little bit further back in the group and kind of waiting to see what other people do so there's actually lots of times throughout your career where you've been in the positions where you know you kind of expect what might happen in the championship race I think yeah the crowd in the event is something that's completely new though and uh, yeah the, the pressure and the noise and everything like that is something that you can't really replicate. So I think you're both in a really good position because you're both experienced athletes. You both bring slightly different things to the championship racing table, if you will. So Josh, your consistency, your nature of being controlled is I kind of think going to really help you with this race. And Natasha, your racing acumen, your courage, and whenever you go at things, you go them hard when you need to, obviously you measure yourself throughout it as well. And your ability to manage yourselves, both of you, really effectively is is likely to lead to really good races i think so i think it's all lined up really nicely for you you must be really excited both of you yeah i can't wait this is the longest build up i've had so yeah really looking forward to to it okay so all very exciting um guys is there anything you'd like to say to each other before you, you head off into your various various training camps across the world yeah, just good luck i guess <laughs> yeah i was gonna say good luck the same is it how, how much of you, Josh, actually wants to compete for Wales in Birmingham versus competing for Britain in Oregon? Yeah, it was such a hard, horrible decision to make. Uh, you know, obviously I was building up for Commonwealth Games. I've been building up for it for the last four years, really, since the Gold Coast. And then obviously with COVID and things got delayed, the Worlds and uh, Commonwealth are never supposed to clash. And for me, I would have prioritised Commonwealth Games over Europeans. So... Yeah, you know, but once I achieved the world champ standard, it was mm. a case of, you know, I, I can't turn that down. So, yeah, obviously gutted that I can't be in Birmingham because I know it's going to be an amazing uh, competition. And, yeah, something I was really, really looking forward to for a long time. But, yeah, you know, something else has come along now and uh, really excited for that at the same time. Yeah, because remember we spoke before about how running is for you about adventures as much as it is about competition and doing things that are different that you wouldn't experience otherwise. So you've got a World Championship qualifying time, the events in the US, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a brilliant experience for you and another thing to 
say that you've done and been part of, which is fantastic. So that's, you know, that, that's a different way of looking at that motivation. And for you, Natasha, you've wanted to compete for Wales in the Commonwealth Games forever, haven't you? Yeah, it's always been a goal. So I think any major championships is always a goal. So, yeah, really excited. Brilliant. Well, run well, both of you. Enjoy your holding camps in Cardiff and in Portland or near Portland. <laughs> Some, somewhat different experiences. But the, both the experiences will be fantastic, I'm sure. And I'm sure you're both going to do very well. Good luck. Thank you. Okay. So that was fun. It would seem from that conversation that the basics of the training for the marathon are the same. A marathon is a marathon. You've got to put the hard work in. You've got to put the long miles in. You've got to build some strength. But there are some specifics to think about as you prepare, things that are different and the preparation in the days leading up to the race villages and holding camps things to think about when you're on a team rather than thinking about you as an individual and also things that are different about the race itself and in this case looped courses that undulate and the need to prepare to race rather than time trial so all good Hope you enjoyed it. Next time, something in the works. And I forgot to mention this earlier when I talked about activity and sports. But next time, I'm going to talk about esports. Because last weekend, I attended this esports event in the Olympic Park, mainly because my children wanted to go, but also to see what it was like. And next time, share some thoughts about the future the future of sports spectatoring and participation I guess but anyway we'll talk about that next time get out there get moving the autumn's not far away now sad to say but go and enjoy some running and I'll speak to you again soon take care 